Welcome back. I'm Justin Kinner hanging out with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. Hour number two, we are officially off and rolling. Excited to be hanging out with you here on a Wednesday. Speaking of, uh, we talked about baseball a little bit ago. We're going to have opening day tomorrow for, of course, uh, the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds and the Braves, 8 o'clock, the first pitch, 7.15. The pregame begins right here on Dayton's home of the Cincinnati Reds, 14.10, wing AM. And with Reds baseball coming, that means also Dayton Dragons baseball and the Cincinnati Reds, uh, which kick off the season tomorrow night. The Dragons will kick off their season coming up on Friday. And joining us now, uh, as we dive into the Dragons season, we have the voice of the Dragons, Tom Nichols. Tom, welcome. How are you, sir? Thank you, Justin. Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Fine. You know, this is the first time I know with the with with the lockout, it kind of threw a wrinkle into some things as far as kind of uh, you know pausing the excitement for the season. Although that doesn't necessarily impact the minor league level, of course. But uh, this does start to feel like uh, whatever the new normal is. It's starting to feel like normal again. Again, a lot of people going to be at these games. Finally, full stands coming up. I mean, how exciting is it for you uh, as far as heading into this season for what feels like the first normal season in quite some time? Right, I would agree with you. It does feel like the first normal season in a while, since 2019. And uh, we did, of course, play 120 games last year, but we had a month late start to that. So, um, And we kind of moved into it at 30% stadium capacity, and a lot of things were different at that time, such as for us calling games off of monitors instead of traveling to the road games. Uh, a lot of things were different last year. And we're, we're pretty good back to normal this year for the most part. Uh, and... We're happy about that, and we've got our team here now with us uh, after they worked out in Arizona for the month of March, and the rosters were selected, and that's always for the players a very uh, stressful time because, of course, each player wants to start as high as he can on the ladder in the red system or at least have a job of some sort when rosters are announced, and and so they're, they're kind of thinking things through, I'm sure, as they go through practice throughout the month of March, and they say, well, there's five outfielders here, and I'm one of them, so uh, unless somebody else comes down, I've got a pretty good chance to crack this roster, and then all of a sudden at the end, rosters are announced, and that's it. So you're either there or you're not, and we've got a good group, so we're happy about that. You talk about that great group. You know, it's interesting. You know, I know a lot of fans kind of got upset with the Reds organization for some of the bigger names that they had kind of moved on from. Unfortunately, Jesse Winker, one of my favorites, the Reds, you know, trading him to Seattle, of course. They they didn't try to re-sign Nick Castellanos, and they move on from Sonny Gray. But uh, after I was a little upset about that, I started, like, kind of calming down a bit. I'm like, well, the, the I hate rebuilds, and I don't know if this is necessarily a full-on rebuild, but it is. The, the good part about it is the players that we've had the chance to watch grow up here in Dayton and through the system – now they're getting their opportunities. You know, the, the Hunter Greens, the Nick Lodolos of the world, Jonathan India, Rookie of the Year last year, heading into year two. Tyler Stevenson heading into year two, but he'll be the primary catcher this year instead of platooning it with Tucker Barnhart last year. So th- there's that bright side to it, is getting to see those guys that have come up through the system now kind of get their full full-on season now coming up. But there's so many top prospects in the Reds minor league system, and a lot of them are playing here in Dayton. Quite a few big names, like obviously, you know, we're going to hear about, uh, you know, De La Cruz coming up. I know you're going to have a lot of great things to say about him, but this Dragons roster, Tom, there's a lot of players that are going to be called up here in the next couple of seasons that I'm excited about, and we get to see them all at once here in Dayton. Right. I would I would kind of use the word stacked um, in terms of prospects on this club. Um, I'm not sure... We've had a team quite like it, to be honest with you. Not, not only do we have a quantity in terms of prospects, but we've got a lot of quality. The, the red system at this point is, 
is established uh, with a lot of depth. If, if you look at, uh, for example, look at prospects 20 through 40, those are guys that a year ago would or two years ago maybe would have been in the teens on the list. So if you were in the teens uh, and you haven't improved any, you've, you've dropped way off because they brought so many new good players in. And, and I, I think back to, it reminds me of a time about 10 years ago when you had a, a group with, in the minor leagues like there was Todd Frazier, Devin Mezzarocco, Zach Cozart, Drew Stubbs, Chris Heisey, Chris Valleca, Juan Francisco, Paul Yanish, Justin Turner, uh, all those guys at once. Travis Wood, uh, Jay Bruce and Johnny Cueto had just gotten to the big leagues. Yonder Alonso, I mean, all these guys at one time. And it's sort of like that again now for the first time maybe since then. And you've just got a lot of depth. You've got a really strong uh, I mean, you could have a guy that's right now on the list at maybe somewhere around number 20 on the prospect list in the red system, and, and there's years that guy would have been top 10. So um, there's just a lot of depth there. We've got, if you look at the MLB uh, pipeline rankings, we've got six of the top 17. So we're, we're one farm club, and yet we've got a little more than a third of the top 17, and uh, we're, we're thrilled with that. Um, we've, we've got Lots of names, and we can go to, into as many of them as you'd like. But uh, De La Cruz has gotten a lot of talk. I'm anxious to see him play. You know, other than scouts and a, and a few fans in Daytona, not too many people have seen him play because he played in the Dominican Summer League, and then he played in the Arizona Complex League where they have no no fans. And he did get into a few games last summer in, in Daytona, and that's it. Um, so it, all the things that you hear hear about him are based on tools. He did get into the big league games this spring, and his first at bat, he had a grand slam home run. So can't do any better than that. So we're anxious to see him. He's going to play shortstop, even though he's six five, and and just tools in every area. So we're we're happy to see him. You know, and Tom, obviously, you know, back in, in 2020, the the league, they had axed, like, what, 42 minor league teams, you know, reducing the total number, I believe, of affiliates, uh, like, to 120, uh, I believe, across Major League Baseball. So with that, there are less teams to have these prospects kind of scattered throughout. You mentioned the, the phrase stacked earlier. I mean, is this something that uh, is going to be kind of more of the norm moving forward because there's less teams to distribute these players through now? Uh, or is this just a rare circumstance? Or is this going to be something that was kind of more common now where we see more elite prospects like this all bunched at one time? Good question. Uh, I, I think it's more a credit to um, just the, the quality of their recent drafts and, mm-hmm. and maybe international signings and, and, and some trades also, of course, that brought more young players in. Um, the, 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 the Reds eliminated two clubs. And they were both short season clubs, Billings and Greenville. But I, let me rephrase that. I want to say the Reds eliminated. Major League Baseball eliminated two Reds clubs is a better, more accurate way to say it. Uh, and um, those two clubs were short season clubs, so they, they would have had younger players. I think one of the changes, Justin, that you probably are, are seeing with the elimination of the 42 teams is that you're going to see fewer high school players drafted and more college players drafted. So you should see players who are further along in their development closer to the big leagues, and they just don't have the places to develop the 18- and 19-year-olds uh, 
uh, as they had previously, where they had three farm clubs at the short season level, leagues that didn't start until middle of June, and and all those uh, players that would have gone there, for the most part, were going to be 18 to 21 years old. So two out of three were, were, were cut. So it just doesn't leave you places to develop an 18-year-old. And so that being the case, in the draft, you're going to be looking at more college-level players who are closer to being able to join a full-season team. We're high A now, of course. We were low A for years and years. So the players are going to go, if they're drafted, oftentimes to Daytona, which is now the low A club, and then if they play well there, move on up to Dayton. And we've got a number of draft picks from last summer on our roster, guys that came out of good college programs. But I think the Reds, just if you look at the last couple of drafts, three drafts, and also some good international signings like a De La Cruz or an Alan Serta, and then again, trades, they've added some players one that we have is going to be our opening night starter, Connor Phillips, who is the player to be named later in the Jesse Winker deal. He'll start for us on Friday night. Nice. So they've added talent and they've drafted well. And somebody, and they've also signed some undrafted free agents, which is a whole other story. Guys that just were totally passed over in the draft and have sort of emerged. And some credit goes to scouts in the red system for finding those diamonds in the rough. And some of them were found, if you've heard some of the stories, uh, they found Vin Tempanelli, a hard-throwing reliever in an adult men's league in New York, playing there after his career ended at a Division three college school where he'd been a catcher. Now he's a pitcher after playing in a men's league. So, I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up. And, and that's a credit to the scout who had some contacts in that area and found the guy that was throwing 96, 97 miles an hour, said, hey, do you want a chance to play pro ball? And he took it. All right, we have the voice of the Dayton Dragons, Tom Nichols, hanging out with us here today on the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash, presented by Brad Mays with Home Experts Realty. You know, one thing, Tom, I didn't even think of it like that, but you bring up a good point, uh, you know, just with the fact that, you know, with the with two minor league teams, you know, being taken out of each farm system for these clubs, there's less uh, room to be able to take some of these high school players. And at times, it's like some of these teams are overthinking the draft. They're like, man, they're, they really like this high school player, and they need to take him now before somebody else does, even even if it means passing up on a, on a ready college player. But you look at the Reds' farm system and you look at some of the Reds' recent players that have been called up. You know, obviously, you know, Nick Lodolo, college guy, but also, like, you, you know, when you look at some of the guys that were like Jonathan India, Nick Senzel, guys that they drafted right out of college, they were a lot closer to being ready to be called up. That's going to make baseball across the board better, right? I mean, less high schoolers and more close to being MLB-ready talent is going to be good for baseball because you're getting that younger, fresher talent pushed through the pipeline quicker. I agree, and uh, you know, there's there's still you know the the real blue chip high school player is still going to be drafted. The, the Hunter Green type guy, the Jay Bruce, Homer Bailey guys that are absolute standouts. Um, it's the player that you're taking bigger chance on that that maybe has for, further to go. It's going to require a lot more development. You just don't have as many farm clubs. And you, you look at the draft to make the point. You look at the Reds draft in 2021, okay? They got 20 draft. They, actually, there were 20 rounds. I think they had an extra pick, so they took 21 players. Of those 21 players, a grand total of one player was a high school pick. That was their second pick, Jay Allen, center fielder, a high school player that is actually for, far enough along that they're going to put him at Daytona, which is, for a high school kid, that's a that's a big step, but 
Um, they feel like he, he, he's a blue chipper. He can make that, that step to Daytona low A in his first full year. Not many can do that. And so I, I do think you'll still see those cream of the crop type high school players drafted. But once you get past the, the second round, and if he isn't one of the top, you know, 50, 60, 70 players in the country, the, the teams may just not be as likely to take that guy. Let him go on to college, and then at the end of his junior year, he could be drafted. The Reds also took quite a few junior college players uh, between rounds 10 and 20, and that's another good place to find talent. Um, you, uh, you've seen guys come out of strong junior. I mean, the, the Roger Clemens was an example um, over the years. You, you've seen uh, guys come out of some of the traditionally strong junior college programs, and and they will um, make their name. Uh, so uh, we'll see those. In fact, as I, a name I just mentioned a minute ago, Connor Phillips, will be our opening night starter. Seattle took him as a junior college player in the second round in 2020 out of McLennan Community College in Texas. And again, he was the player to be named later in the Winker deal. So um, that, that's a guy probably not as advanced as, I'll give you a, a good contrast, would be our Sunday starter, Andrew Abbott who played three years at the University of Virginia in a good college program, good conference. The ACC led the, led the conference in strikeouts last summer, last spring, I should say. And uh, so he, you know, he's, he's built up some innings. So that's a guy that's polished. Uh, ACC, three-year player, uh, all-conference, second-team All-American. But this kid, Phillips, out of the junior college program, throws really hard, up to 98 miles an hour. And he's got probably some things to work on, uh, so he's a couple of years behind where 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 Abbott would be. Dayton Dragons, voice of the Dayton Dragons, Tom Nichols with us here. Tom, last thing on the way out. Obviously, uh, fans going to be you know, flooding the ballpark this weekend for for the Dragons, which I'm excited about. I can't wait. In fact, we're going to be there this weekend. So here's the thing with. The, Baseball's going to look a little different every year. There's some new, you know, tweaks to some of the rules. But uh, you know, the there's the, the pitch clock and new league rules coming up in 22. Of course, um, one that caught my attention the most. Of course, we've been waiting for the the shift, uh, the ban of the shift, and we've been. But the bigger base, uh, bigger bases, Tom. Of course, will catch people's attention. But one that I'm a big fan of because everyone hates change and hates new rules. But the limiting. The number of unsuccessful pickoff throws by a pitcher, like I, I hate that. I can't stand when you're just trying to get into the game and every two seconds they're throw, you know, trying to pick them off. I found that one to be an interesting one too that I was not aware of until you sent out your uh, release a little bit ago today. Yeah, you've got. Uh, I didn't even remember sending that out to be honest with you, but I guess I did. You, yeah, there's four. <laughs> there are four uh, main rule changes. The the. the and you just touched on all of them. The 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 rule requiring two infielders on each side of the diamond, and and they all have to be on the infield dirt. Can't can't play three on the right for a left hand hitter with one guy out in shallow right field anymore. Uh, pitch clock fourteen seconds if nobody on base. Eighteen seconds if there's a runner on base. Um, a little bit bigger bases. Don't know how much of a factor that'll be, but you look at a game and sometimes you, you see that slow mo replay and a guy's out by an inch or two inches on a close play at first base. Uh, will the bigger base, you know, will will it have an impact on an occasional play here and there? And then and then the pickoff throws. Uh, you get two. The third one, if you don't pick the guy off, he goes on to the next base. So there won't be a third throw unless the guy falls down, you know, or something, and you know you've got him. 
Uh, but, but otherwise, there can't be a third throw unless you're 100% sure you're going to get the guy out because you're just basically moving him on to the next base. And th- those are the four changes in, in our league. Um, some of the leagues have uh, incorporated robot umpires, um, and that's something I think that's got some work ahead because the league, the people I've talked to in the leagues that have done that have told me it's not as it's not as as accurate as you would hope, and um, they've made some. They have made some adjustments to try to get it better. But you saw just huge walk totals in in the league that used that last year, which which is is the Florida State League uh, last year, known as the Low A Southeast League. But it's back to being the Florida State League, and now they used it, and they had huge walk totals because the automated strike zone was was just not calling pitches strikes that we typically over the years have thought of as strikes and hitters figured that out and they just stopped swinging. And that's of course the worst thing can happen if you're a fan is, uh, is, is less action, more pitches not being swung at more pitches per bat, not put in play. Those are all the things that the game's trying to get away from right now. Uh, wisely. So I think, uh, and get more action, uh, into the game so that it, as you sit there, there's a higher percentage of pitches that actually result in balls put in play than, than, than just uh, going six, eight, ten pitches for a bat before a ball is either put in play or, worse yet, the bat ends without a ball put in play, a walk or a strikeout. So those are the things the game's trying to get away from and, and try to get more activity back in. All right, the voice of the Dayton Dragons, Tom Nichols, awesome enough to hang out with us here today on a Wednesday. The Dragons kick off the season Friday night, 7.05 at Day Air Ballpark. Uh, Tom, thank you so much. It won't be the last time we chat. We're going to have you on more regular throughout the season. Of course, we're excited. A ton of great prospects for the Reds, and uh, we're spoiled here in Dayton to have the Dragons, and I uh, can't wait to see that ballpark full once again. And uh, The season kicks off this Friday. Tom, thanks so much. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right, more of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash when we come back.